సహనావతు సహనో భునక్తు సహవీర్యంకరవాహై తేజస్వినవధీతమస్తు మా విద్విషావహై నమశ్రీశంకరానంద నమశ్రీశంకరానంద గురుపాదాంబుజన్మనే గురుపాదాంబుజన్మనే సవిలాసమహామోహ సవిలాసమహామోహ గ్రాహగ్రాసైకర్మణే we are in the process of discussing the upasana or meditation upon brahma it was said in verse 77 describing the nature of upasana and the result aptopadesham vishvasya shraddha dur vicharayan chintayet pratyayiranyehi anantarita vrittivehi then listening aptopadesham vishvasya having trust or faith in the upadesha of the instruction given by the teacher the one who is shraddha the one who is shraddha because meditation when you are performing meditation on god who is not at the moment an object of your knowledge it calls for shraddha shraddha meaning the faith is is required for anything which is not in a matter of knowledge to you right now for example even when you are traveling to an unknown destination then you have shraddha or the faith that the road on which you are traveling leads to a destination somebody has given you that map or somebody has given you the directions you see and accordingly you are traveling on that road there is a shraddha or a trust in that that the instruction given by that person are right and that you are in fact proceeding to your destination so because you have not seen it if you if you have traveled on that road before and you know that this road leads to destination doesn't require shraddha because you know it so where knowledge is of course shraddha is not required but where the knowledge is not shraddha is required in case of meditation upasana when the teacher asks us to do something take a given mantra and repeat it so many times or meditate on a particular form or meditate in a certain manner when all these instructions are given to us well we do not know uh, whether we have no experience at the moment about the validity or authenticity of those things and so we have trust in the teacher and accordingly so that is very important in meditation the shraddha or faith is extremely important so aptopadesham vishvasya there is the vishwas or the faith in the instruction of the teacher as well as there is faith that there is brahman and brahman such and such and also faith that i i can uh, i i can meditate on brahman and ultimately i can know it so all this shraddha or the faith is required and no further big inquiry is required as far as meditation is concerned chintayet pratyehi ananyehi anyehi anantarit vrittivehi all that one has to do in meditation 
the main burden or the main attempt in meditation is to maintain the flow of the same thought of the object of meditation. This is anantaridavrattivihi without being interrupted by other kind of thoughts. So to be able to maintain the flow of one thought is the purpose of meditation and of course the mind will get distracted then the meditator again and again brings back the mind to the object of meditation and thus attempts to maintain that continuous flow of thought. <coughs> As you said the other day, Ramana Maharaj says, Ajyadharaya srutasasamam saralachintanam viralatah param. Ajyadharaya, like the flow of ghee or oil, how it flows is continuous stream, you know, there is no break at all. When oil is poured from one vessel to the other, it, it, it flows in an unbroken flow. Or srotasasamam, or like the flow of water in the river, how also there is unbroken. Similarly also should be the flow of the mind towards its object of meditation. This is ideal. It is superior to an obstructed flow. That is, when the mind is in fits and starts, get distracted or interrupted by other kinds of thoughts, then better than that is the unbroken flow of the thoughts, naturally. And therefore, attempt in meditation is to maintain unbroken flow of thought, focused upon the object of meditation. Kiyantam kalam chindayet How long should one do this? Yavat chintya swarupatva Abhimanaha Swasti Jayate Until one establishes a total identity with the object of meditation. So understand that in meditation not only there is this attempt to concentrate, but in meditation also there is this devotion, the Shraddha, the faith is there, as well as devotion also is there. So devotion is a very important motive force which enables us to focus our attention. Because what can we meditate upon? We can meditate upon that to which we are devoted, which we love, which inspires us. And so devotion is extremely important. Then alone there is an inspiration. And then alone you can enjoy the process of meditation. So ideally meditation also should be such as to give us a, a happiness, an enjoyment. And that will happen when I love the object of meditation because we always enjoy thinking about the object of our love. And therefore, the object of meditation also is object of our love. Then there is an, an enjoyment also in performing meditation. So, Shraddha and Bhakti. Shraddha means faith and Bhakti means devotion or love. Well, you begin with whatever you have and slowly these things build up. And ultimately, yavat chintya sarupatva abhimanaha. Then one, in fact, attains a total oneness with the object of meditation, an absorption in the object of meditation. Where the separate identity is lost and one gets totally absorbed in that object of meditation. Tavat vichintya. So long one should continue to do this meditation. Paschat tasaiva amrutidharayet. And then, the same thing should be retained, Amruti, until death. So idea is, that identification with the object of meditation until it happens, this attempt is required. And then also, one should retain that in one's mind until the, until the end, Amruti, until death. 
Is it ever possible that such a thing can be accomplished? Then in the verse 79, was quoted here, an example which we discussed last time, example from Chandogya Upanishad, where it is said that one brahmachari or a celibate who was meditating upon the samvarga, that devata of the deity who swallows everything, which is Vayu or the wind god, and he was meditating upon this wind god as I am the samvarga, I am that. And he developed such an identification with that that he had this abhimanam, he had, the, he had this idea that I am samvarga, I am Vayu. So he did not think himself of a celibate or a brahmachari, he thought he was Vayu who swallows everything. And therefore once when he went out for bhiksha and went before the king who was at the time taking his lunch along with another friend and when the bhiksha or food was not given to the brahmachari king wanted to just test let us see what he says it looks like he is the one who knows something and therefore we will not give him the bhiksha let us see what he has to say and then the brahmachari said there is one great devata who swallowed the char four devatas chatvarha and this is the devata that protects the entire creation and he kape oh king the ordinary people do not see that devata you do not realize that when so that is the devata who is the the uh, the vital force the totality of the vital force and there is also the devata or the deity that eats food food in all the stomachs so it is that wind god alone the vital force that alone abides as the stomach fire in the stomach of all the living beings and therefore he alone eats all the food so whenever food is cooked, it is cooked for that the stomach fire. And therefore, O king, you have not given the food to the one for whom you have cooked the food. Because I am that wife for whom all the food is cooked and I am the one who is the eater. The one who eats the food dwelling in the stomach of all. And so when you have denied me the food, you have denied the food to the one for whom the food has been cooked in the first place. That shows this total identification. <coughs> And you hear many such stories of how the meditator develops a total identification with the object of meditation. Perhaps you may have heard from Swamiji how there was one, one uh, renunciate living under a tree. And just in the neighborhood also, a rich man was living and he wanted to build a temple. So rich man started building a temple. And independently here, this renunciate who was living under the tree also was a great devotee of the same Lord Shiva. And he was always doing his mental worship. And then he was also in his mind building a temple for Lord Shiva. So here this rich man is building a temple outside. And that sadhu or renunciate, the devotee, is building a temple in his own mind. Then came the day of consecration. And so the idols are installed. And now the process of consecration is that you actually infuse life into the idol. And it's no more than an idol. It then becomes a live deity. So rituals are performed and then eyes are opened and the life is infused. So God actually comes and enters there. So when the priests invoke the Lord asking him to come and enter this 
Then they were told that at the moment Lord is busy. He is, he is busy with, he has gone to another place. At another, right, identically at another place, consecration ceremony is going on and that is where he is. And you know where this consecration was going on? In the mind of that, of the devotee, the renunciate. He was also doing the same thing. But then his devotion was so strong and identification so complete that naturally, the, I mean, you know, the day he first went there, so the idea is that how one develops total identification with what one meditates upon when there is a commitment and love for that. <clears throat> Some other Mahatmas in India were telling us a story that there was similarly a great devotee of Lord. See, you see all these rituals being performed outside. You can perform those rituals in your mind also. That is called Manasa Puja or mental worship. So here this man was working as a laborer, in fact, in a field. <coughs> but a great devotee of Lord Krishna. So all the time, even while he was doing his work, his mind was always dwelling upon his, his Lord. And at given point in time, he would perform the whole puja in his mind. And in that worship, as you know, one of the steps is offering food to the Lord. And here, our priest only prepares rice and offers, which is fine. But in fact, you can offer all the food to the Lord. Rice and sambar and everything, you can make the whole plate and offer to the Lord. <coughs> and you can feed him in your own mind, and then you can serve him also. So this is how that devotee who was a farm worker in his mind was so absorbed that he was plowing the field and the plow stopped, you know. And he was all absorbed in his mental worship. At that time, the owner of the field, the, you know, the, 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 the master, the, so he came along. He found that this fellow is not working. He's standing there absorbed and not, you know, plowing. He's not doing what he's supposed to do. And that fellow was not even aware of the fact that the boss has come, the master has come and is standing right behind. He did not know. And therefore, to, to draw his attention, this fellow just gave a little push, just to draw his attention. And you know what happened? Hot uh, dal, hot soup, in fact, fell down. What happened? Where did this come from? Then that fellow says, look, you disturbed me. I was in the process at that moment was serving the soup to the Lord. And when you gave a push, then it fell down from my hand. So actually, the hot soup was, had fallen there. This is how they say. The idea is that this is the extent of oneness that, that devotees develop with their object, their, with Lord, with their gods or Ishtadevara. So this is basically the principle of meditation. Really the force that is required in meditation is one of love. Of course they don't talk about love in meditation. Here they talk of only concentration and identification. But concentration and identification. That I am Shiva. I am Brahma. I am this. And thus you superimpose upon your own self those attributes of the deity. See there are so many deities in India. Like Ganesha is one. Very often people who meditate on Ganesha for great length of time, they develop some of those qualities in themselves, you know. 
like tremendous appetite and things like that, people have developed certain shape of belly and things like that. Because that is how you are constantly meditating. Hanuman, the monkey god is another deity and people meditate on and, and develop those qualities. So this happens. That shows the extent of their total identification. You must have seen that many, many disciples meditate on their own teachers also, constantly. And many of them, in fact, develop the same kind of, you know, styles and everything else. I have seen people. They dress in a certain way, sit in a certain way, conduct themselves in a certain way, unknowingly, unconsciously, that they are just doing exactly what their teacher is doing. So this is what happens in identification. And that is like meditation. That is, for example, you see when we go, these days when we visit people, you know, we are invited as guests or going for these seminars and then so uh, accommodated in somebody's home and then we are given somebody's room there. See, teenager, whoever it is, and for a couple of days he is asked to sleep on the couch and the Swami is given the room, you know. And when you go to this fellow's room, what do you find there? You just find one fellow there, the 1500 pictures of what? Of, uh, of Tyson or somebody like that, you know, Mike Tyson or, or uh, you know, the baseball player. That's all you find. Or in India you find 1500 pictures of a cricketer, Gavaskar, somebody. Different poses. This fellow is a fan. He also likes to play cricket, this teenager. Is a fan of that star, cricket star. So he would also imitate him, you know. And this fellow would hold the bat in the same way that that fellow does. He would also hit the ball and he, he will just repeat all those kind of, imitate all those kinds of actions. In course of time, if he does it for a number of years, he also may become a Gavaskar, he may also become a cricket star, like him. So that is how, whenever we are fascinated by something, or whenever we are inspired by something, then there is always a tendency on, on our part to meditate on that. And we become that. So whatever we have become right now is nothing but a product of meditation that we have done for all, you know, for a great length of time. So, in short, the meditator becomes one with the object of meditation. This is the, this is the purpose of meditation. <coughs> so if you cannot know Brahman, become Brahman. So meditation is a process of becoming. We are talking of knowledge, which is process of knowing what it is. Whereas upasana or meditation is the process of becoming. So you deliberately entertain that thought flow and identify with that, or superimpose ideas upon the self and constantly dwell upon that, constantly retain that kind of a thought. And thus, in course of time, you become that. <coughs> It is not that you can really become Brahma, but you can approach, you can approach that. You cannot become Brahma because you cannot become limitless, but still you can approach that. In knowledge you discover yourself to be limitless. In this meditation, Upasana, you attain to become limitless. You cannot become, but at least you can be, you can approach that. <coughs> Now, continuing the discussion with the verse 18, Āmṛti dharane nimittam darshyan anichhāyam na nivartaye titi uktād bhūdha dharmā dvairakshanya mahā. 
It was said earlier, in key, while talking about knowledge in the verse 75, it was said, Vichara jayate bodha anichayam na nivarayet. It was said that when you perform vichara inquiry, then the knowledge takes place, whether you like it or not. The idea is that in taking place of knowledge, individual's will does not play a role, and therefore, in case of any knowledge, when the means of knowledge and the object of knowledge have a contact each other, then whether you want it or not, the knowledge takes place. And similarly also, when vichara or inquiry is performed, then the knowledge takes place. Even your own will or desire cannot avoid it, it cannot avert it. <coughs> that was about knowledge. But the upasana or meditation is quite different. And what is the difference that is being said here in the verse 18? Purushasya chaya kartum Purushasya chaya kartum Akartum kartum anyatha Akartum kartum anyatha Shakyopastirato nityam Shakyopastirato nityam Kuryat pratyasantatim Kuryat pratyasantatim Purushasya ichaya kartum akartum anyatha kartum Shakya upastihi Upasthi means upasana or meditation. Upasthi shakya. It is possible to perform meditation. Purushasya upasakasya ichaya akartum akartum anyatha prakarantarenavakartum shakya. Since meditation is a mental act, therefore important thing about action is one's own will. Meditation is a willful action. We are talking, when we talk of action, we talk of always willful action. And therefore, the will of the meditator plays an extremely important role, primary role, in case of meditation, which is a mental act. The will of the person has no role to play in terms of taking place with the knowledge. Knowledge takes place, whereas meditation has to be done. So, kartum, it is possible for the meditator to perform meditation. Akartum, or he may not meditate. Anyatava kartum, or he may meditate in a manner that he likes. So he is asked to meditate in a given way, but if his fancy is differently, he can meditate as he likes. So, one may meditate, one may not meditate, or one may meditate as one's like, as one likes. This is possible in case of meditation. Such a choice is not there in case of knowledge. When the crystal is in front of me, and eyes are open, I have no choice in not knowing the crystal. Or, I don't do the choice in knowing the crystal as other than what it is. The crystal knowledge takes place in which my choice does not play a role. Whereas in the case of the action, my choice or my will is, plays the primary role. Ataha purushasya ichadhinatvat. Never this meditation being dependent upon the will of the person, will of the meditator, upasanam sarvadakuryat pratyasandadim. Therefore, one should all the time maintain this vritti or maintain this thought flow. So, meditator should constantly and all the time maintain that thought flow because maintaining the thought flow depends upon his effort. If mind is left to itself, it will think whatever it likes. And therefore, in order to maintain a certain thought flow, 
individual effort is necessary and therefore in, in knowledge it will be said no knowledge, no effort is necessary when the knowledge takes place however in meditation even when you meditate for a length of time the effort always remains necessary in order to maintain the vritti or the thought flow <coughs> therefore one should all the time and always meditate evam sada chintane kim bhavadi alright if thus one constantly meditates then what happens ityaha if this is a question the answer is given in the verse 81 illustrations here. Vedadhyayi apramattaha adhite svapne adhivasataha apramattaha vedadhyayi Vedadhyayi means the one who is reciting the Vedas. So you know, as we said, there were, there was the schools where the children were sent to study the Vedas. And study the Vedas, the first step is recital of the Vedas. And memorizing. That's why you find like Narayana and other Brahmin boys, they memorize the long, very long passages and very long hymns. The whole text is memorized. And for memorizing a specific effort has to be made. So teachers give them instruction. Alright, one passage is done today, you repeat that five times in the class. Three or four days the repetition is there, fifth day you are supposed to recite it without referring to the book. Then new passage is taught. The new passage is repeated five times, the old passage recited is repeated only once. And like that, they just go ahead and you are supposed to keep up with them. And therefore, for the whole day, these fellows are reciting and reciting and reciting. Because this is the imposition of homework. And next day, they will be taken to task, you know. That's why the children are sent, sent to the Parsala to the home the teacher so he is a master there there are no parents who come there and you know interfere so the teacher can take them to task also if necessary so little children are always scared of them therefore they will have to obey them so keep on reciting without inadvertence keep on reciting the Vedas Sada Adhyanashilaha constantly if he is committed to reciting the Vedas then what happens? Dhrudavasanaya. On account of the practice. Vasana means the constant samskara, the impressions are there. So constantly when you are reciting, then the mind automatically gets into some kind of a channel. See, often our mind is compared to wax or a soft material. And every time a thought flows, it creates a small little channel. But if thought comes and goes away, then the channel also gets erased. But if the same thought keeps on coming and coming and coming, then slowly and slowly a channel gets, you know, engraved deeper and deeper and deeper. And then the subsequent thoughts will have a natural tendency to flow through that channel. See, in India they have wells. 
water wells. And you pull out water, you know, there are no pumps, etc., in many wells, still in the villages. And therefore, these girls and the daughters-in-law, in the early morning, with the water pots, empty pots in their head, they go to the well, and there may be a bucket, or there may be another pot, which is immersed in the water, and then you put, when it is filled, you pull it out. There is a pulley. And there is a, 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 a big rock, you know, against which the rope is filled. So in course of time you find that even that hard rock also becomes smoother and smoother and smoother because the rope is constantly passing over that. And a, cha- and a channel is created. And then subsequently other women always, you know, the rope is held in that channel. Similarly also our mind, when you maintain the same kind of thought, then a channel or a passage as though gets created and the subsequent thoughts have a tendency to flow in the same channel. And that is exactly what is thought to be done in upasana or meditation. So that's called vasana. Vasana is samskara, the impressions. As the impressions become deeper and deeper, as the mind becomes, you know, habitually, as this habit becomes more, mind becomes more and more rooted in this habit, then even without our effort, that thing goes on, you see. And that is being said here. Dhruvasaya Swapnadishu Adhyanam Karodi. You know what this boy finds himself doing? He finds himself reciting Vedas even in dream. And I'm sure that you also must have experienced when you are learning the reciting of some of the Vedic mantras. And if you are very enthusiastic and keep on repeating that, sometimes you find that you wake up in the morning reciting those things, you know. So when you wake up in the morning, you find that the recital is going on in your mind, the chanting is going on. That shows that perhaps unconsciously the chanting was going on even when you were sleeping or even in the process of waking up. This is what samskaras or this habit does. So this is the nature of the mind. That when the mind is made to do a thing, any given thing again and again and again, then it just becomes its habit. And then it finds itself doing it automatically. The same is true about japa also. That's what I said. Japitado japatyeva. Japa means repeating a name or repeating a mantra. It's called japa. So some people are constantly doing japa. Sada japashilaha. So whenever they get time, they keep on doing japa, repeating that mantra. You may have seen some people in India, they keep that rosary also in their hand, and this is going on constantly. Moment they have time, particularly the followers of Vaishnava uh, thought, a school of thought, they always, because their focus is always on upasana or meditation, therefore they always keep a, 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 a rosary in their hand. And it should not be seen. So there is a cover also, and the rosary is inside that bag, you know. So in fact you see in their hand a bag. Inside a rosary, these are constantly being rotated. But then it's not done, you know, in, in front of people. So even when they are traveling or they are walking on the street or what it is, you find that peculiar, a, a, like L-shaped bag. Half of it is in their, you know, one, one leg of the L is in their hand, other leg is suspended like this, hanging like this, and the rosary also is in there. And this particular finger, forefinger, they don't generally use it for, for turning the rosary. 
This is the ego finger, you know, therefore it is excluded, poor thing. And therefore, hole from which this finger comes out, you know. So you can see this also. And the other fingers are busy repeating, you know, returning those rosary beads. This is a common sight in India. But if you go to Rishikesh and other places, you know, particularly Iskon people, you know. You know Iskon people? So they will, the Hare, Hare Krishna people, they always have this in their hand. So because there the emphasis is in repeating the name of Lord, they believe that all that you need to do is do Japa, just repeat the name. And everything will be accomplished. That's what their instruction is. And so they repeat God's name all the time. Whenever they get time, they continue, they do that. As a result, the mind gets into the habit of repeating. And in dream also, the repetition, that Japa goes on. <coughs> so this is, in, in fact, our own experience also. That when, I remember when we were learning Rudram and other things, many years ago, then I found myself, you know, as I even woke up, chanting the Rudram. And it happens that in our mind, in the morning, suppose we listen to some, some music or some song, and a certain tune goes on in your mind, whole day it goes on sometimes. Whole day the same tune goes on. It is the nature of the mind. It's, it's sort of a mechanical thing, but it has a nature that keeps on repeating. And thus, same thing would even upasakopi. Similarly also, the meditator also, vasana dardhyat. When the meditation becomes, you know, when the mind becomes slowly and slowly rooted in that habit of meditation, then he will in the dream also he will continue because you said that constantly you should meditate how can you meditate on in deep sleep so don't worry if you constantly do it in the waking state it will happen in the sleep also that's the idea why should this dhyana or the meditation go on even in the dream also that reason is being explained in the verse 82 Virodhi pratyayam tyaktva Virodhi pratyayam tyaktva Nairantaryena bhavayan Nairantaryena bhavayan Labhate vasana veshad Labhate vasana veshad Swapna davapi bhavam Swapna davapi Virodhi pratyam tektva constantly making an effort of keeping away the disturbing or interfering thoughts. Nairantariyana bhavanam Nairantariyana means constantly and constantly meditating upon constantly maintaining that thought flow upon the object of meditation and deliberately and with an effort keeping the mind free from any distraction. Then lavate vasana aveshad. Vasana aveshad. Avesh means dradata or nipunata. So vasana aveshad, samskara patavad. Because the samskara or the habit, slowly and slowly the habit becomes stronger and stronger, more and more deeply rooted. And svapnada vabhavanam lavate. In course of time, this person who is meditating, in the dream also, he finds that the same meditation continues. 
because it is the nature of the mind to flow through the channel which has been engraved so by constantly maintaining this thought flow we are also engraving a deeper and deeper channel in the mind stuff and therefore the subsequent thoughts have a tendency to flow in the same channel without your effort so in the dream in fact we are not making a conscious effort and still this meditation goes on this is his idea <coughs> Now he elaborates upon this idea, giving old-fashioned examples again, very effective but very old-fashioned. Nanu prarabdha karma vashad vishyan anubhavataha kasam nairantarin bhavana siddhi. The question is that prarabdha vashad on account of prarabdha, vishyan anubhavataha, prarabdha means destiny. So destiny brings various situations before you. So destiny requires that you have to res- the various situations you are confronted with and you have to respond to different situations. And that would also involve interaction with various objects of the world and various situations and people of the world. So prarabdha karma vasad vishayan anubhavataha On account of prarabdha of the destiny, destiny brings different situations and objects and one is constantly interacting with them. Kasam bhavana siddhi. How is it possible to continue to perform your action on one hand and still maintain that thought flow? How is it possible? You are saying that you constantly maintain that thought flow and then it will gather a certain momentum. And because of that momentum, then that, that meditation will continue even in your dream. But how can we develop that momentum when we are, we are, we have to respond to different situations which are, which we find ourselves in and therefore our mind necessarily has to be preoccupied with what we are doing at that time. So when we are doing our vyavahara or our transaction, how is it possible to continue to do that meditation? Katham nairantariyena bhavana siddhi How is it possible to maintain that bhavana? Bhavana here is that thought flow. Ityasankhya Astha Atishaya Sati Vishaya Vyasani Bad Bhavana Siddhi Says Astha Atishaya Astha means Shraddha and Bhavana So when your Shraddha and your commitment and your dedication and your identification is it becomes stronger and stronger So as you, when you keep on meditating upon one object Naturally, slowly and slowly, you develop acquaintance and you develop liking, you develop love and you, you develop identification. After all, rarely it happens that there is love at first sight. It may be there. But usually, love is something that gets cultivated. You meet a person, you know, once, twice, several times, slowly and slowly from the acquaintance, then liking and then love and then the deep commitment, all these things grow. So usually it's a growth process, build up. And similarly also as our mind builds up upon meditation, Dakshinamurti, 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 let us say. In course of time you develop a liking and then you develop love and you develop reverence and thus it develop further and further identification. So that is called bhavana. So astha atishai sati. When thus that shraddha, that bhakti and that bhavana, the thought flow is maintained, vishaya vyasanivad how a person who is vishaya vyasani, 
So one who is addicted to senses, sense objects, so one who is totally addicted to sense objects, how that fellow is all the time able to maintain the thoughts of his sense pleasures even when he is doing things. Monday morning when people go to work, they are working all right. The draftsmen may be doing drafting, they, they do these things. But in the mind, you know, many people are thinking of what? The coming Friday evening program or the weekend program. So even from Monday morning, the fellow starts planning about the next weekend, coming weekend. And in his mind, he, he, he slowly forms a picture of what all fun he's going to have. And for the rest of the week, he keeps on dwelling upon that fun. So even though outwardly he's doing his job okay, but still one corner of his mind constantly dwells upon that. This is Vishaya Vyasana, meaning when there is a total fascination or addiction to the sense pleasure. How such a person is able to maintain the thought of those sense pleasure in spite of doing his work. And similarly also, one can also maintain that thought flow in spite of doing one's duties. This is the answer given in verse 83. Bhunjano Pinijarabdham Bhunjano Pinijarabdham Astha Tishayato Nisham Astha Tishayato Nisham Dhyatum Shakto Nasandeha Dhyatum Shakto Nasandeha Vishaya Vyasaniyatha Vishaya Vyasaniyatha Bhunjanopi Nijarabdham Nijarabdham Arabdham means Prarabdha or destiny. So Nijarabdham, one's own destiny. Bhunjanapahapi, even while experiencing one's own destiny, meaning even while going through the various experiences of life which the destiny presents to you, Astha Atishayadaha, on account that, on account of that very powerful or, or, or very abundant, you know, Astha or that uh, meditation and that commitment that you have developed on account of constantly meditating you have developed a, a certain uh, rootedness in that so on account of the rootedness that you have developed because of the meditation it is possible for this person anisham dhyatum shaktaha it is possible that this meditator would be able to maintain his flow of thought meditation in spite of transacting or interacting with the with the situations which are presented by destiny. Nasandeha, there is no doubt about that. Why do you say that? Vishaya Vishniyatha. Just as one who is addicted to the sense objects or sense pleasures, how that fellow constantly, you know, people are planning about their dinner. Having had lunch, next thought is dinner. What am I going to have? So you can plan about while doing your work also in the office or wherever one corner of the mind keeps on dwelling upon that. Because there is so much attraction to that, or so much attachment to that, that the mind keeps doing that. So it is possible for the mind to maintain that thought flow when there is enough momentum or enough force of that habit, enough deep rooting is there in that habit, or in that identification or attachment, then it is possible for the mind to maintain that thought flow even while outwardly doing other things. This is what the author has to say. In the drashtantam, the illustration is further explained. Drashtantam vivranauti, the illustration of Vishaya Vyasani, 
the one who is totally absorbed or totally uh, addicted to a certain vishaya how that one does it is explained in next verses verse 84 says paravyasanini nari paravyasanini nari vyagrapi griha karmani vyagrapi griha karmani tadeva swadayantya tadeva swadayatyantah tadeva swadayatyantah parasangarasayanam parasangarasayanam so as, I, as we said this is an old fashioned example <clears throat> as i said the author of panchadashi does not never realize at that time that this text will be studied in united states you know and never realize that the students listening to the text will be women you know majority of them and therefore sometimes you find illustrations which may in the modern setting appear to be perhaps unacceptable then you have to pardon but in the past there's some misunderstanding you know the swami this is what you think about women and things like that this has happened right in this place and so uh, there is always a possibility of being heard or misunderstood so that's why i know that's not the case here but paravyasanini na he gives an illustration of a woman paravyasanini so she is married all right but in love with another man so this is paravyasanini so a woman who is in love with another man vyagrabi she is in her own home गृहकर्मणि विग्रापी एंड शी इज बिजी विद हाउस होल्ड ड्यूटीज तदेव आस्वादयति अंतः परसंगरसायनम इवन वाइल डूइंग द हाउस होल्ड ड्यूटीज अंतः विद हर ओन माइंड आस्वादयति शी एंजॉयज शी रिजॉइसिस इन व्हाट परसंगरसायनम सो व्हाटएवर प्लेजर शी एंजॉयड ऑन अकाउंट ऑफ द कंपनी ऑफ दैट मैन सो इवन वाइल डूइंग हर हाउस होल्ड ड्यूटीज शी इज स्टिल कॉन्स्टेंटली enjoying or she is constantly dwelling on that and rejoicing the idea is that doing the work with hands etc doing the household work that does not come in the way of the mind constantly dwelling upon the fun or the joy that she had been having with the in the company of her beloved <coughs> so this is an example often this kind of examples are given and there is a reason because the kind of bond that there is or attachment that there is between man and woman would be i think the strongest possible attachment so therefore there is only next to the attachment that devotee has for god very often therefore the kind of joy that a devotee gets out of his devotion is often compared to the kind of joy that one gains as a result of company of the beloved and that's why this illustration is given because this person is constantly thinking of let's say he or her whatever you know the 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 object person of love person whom he or she loves and so there is a tremendous attachment tremendous fondness and therefore because of that tremendous the deeply rooted affection or attraction that there is the outer activities do not obstruct or do not displays do not displays that bhavana or do not displays that constant thought flow that's the whole idea here 
Usually we find it difficult to do more than one thing at a time. So when we are doing something outwardly, our mind is in there, and it is not possible for us to think of something else, usually. But here is an illustration, where the mind is so deeply, so intimately attached, and so fondly attached. Not only there is an intimacy, but there is a, a tremendous liking, and tremendous fondness, tremendous love. So when these elements are all combined, how it is possible to maintain that thought flow of the mind? Keep on rejoicing whatever joy or the happiness that you had in the company of the beloved, even while doing these outside household activities. So the author means to say that similarly also a meditator, while performing his or her duties, because of that, that the total attachment and identification which is there, would be able to maintain that thought flow in spite of performing the day-to-day duties which the destiny you know, uh, requires him or her to do. <coughs> then the question is, Parasanga Aswadane Gruhakrutya Vichyadasyat But if this person is constantly dwelling upon the joy that she had in the company of that, be- that beloved or the lover, so when the mind is occupied with that, would it not obstruct the duties that she has to perform in the household? Then the verse 85 says, no, says here. Parasangam svadayantya, parasangam svadayantya, apino gruha karmatata, apino gruha karmatata, kunthi bhaveda pitvetata, kunthi bhaveda pitvetata, apate naiva vartate, Apate naiva vartate. Parasangam svadhyantya, thus in the mind rejoicing over the joys or the happiness that she had experienced in the company. Apino gruha karmatat kunthi bhaved. And even though the mind is dwelling upon that gruha karma, tat gruha karma na kunthi bhaved. Even then, the household duties are not obstructed in any way. How come? How is it possible for us to keep the mind in two places? Says mind is in one place and this thing, so there is a superficial mind that attends to the household duties and there is a deeper mind that is dwelling upon someone else or something else. So very often we also, even while eating our food or doing a lot of other things, while walking, while taking shower or eating food and in many such tasks, we find that we do that, you eat food in a very systematic manner, or you take shower, or you do those acts of brushing your teeth, etc. They get done in a systematic manner, without your mind necessarily being behind those actions. We are thinking of something else while brushing teeth, or taking shower, or doing so many such things, which we do normally. So while we are performing those tasks, or performing those acts, we, our mind may be dwelling upon something altogether different and still the action is performed. So how is it so? Because of superfluous mind, because that action doesn't require a great deal of attention. Since you are already, uh, already well versed with what is to be done, and therefore a superficial mind as though is, is, is able to perform those actions, whereas your deep mind is dwelling upon something else. The 
see in India, in Ahmedabad particularly, we have what we call camel carts. Carts drawn by camels. You know, you may not even have seen a camel except in a zoo perhaps or in a film or something. But you see them on the streets in India. Pulling carts. So, this fellow is owner of this camel cart. What he does is, at night he sets out on his journey. The cart is loaded with some material and is to be transported from one location to another location, to another village. And this fellow has loaded his cart, then he sits in the driver's position, and the camel is now set on the road, and this fellow, camel driver, he goes to sleep. Whole night that camel travels, and takes him to the right destination, because every day he has been going there, you know. So camel also knows the route, and therefore, it is not necessary for this fellow to keep awake. Similarly also, our sense organs are like those, that camel, camel. Every day they have been doing brushing teeth, taking shower, eating food, walking from one place to other, wearing clothes. So these things are being done every day. And therefore, our sense organs have already become well versed in that. Where our mind can be sleeping or our mind can be engaged in something else. So similarly it is said here that, therefore this Gruhakarya, meaning performing these duties, household duties, they do not obstruct the thought flow that is going on in the mind, because there is no attention, there is no great deal of attention being paid to the household work. That being, that gets an apathena, means just by habit. So the work is performed just by habit. So without any deliberate thinking, or just by the habit, that work, the household work gets done. Whereas the mind is dwelling upon its object of love. So both of them can go on. This is the idea here. <coughs> How this person is able to perform the household duties habitually without much deliberate effort or you can say indifferently. So how is it? That is explained in the verse 86. So now illustration is given. Two persons are compared. Gruhakrutya Vyasinini. So here is one lady who is a householder and a very sincere householder she is. So Gruhakrutya Vyasinini. So here is one woman who is totally committed to performance of the household duties and therefore her whole attention is there. So when the attention of the person is in the work that is being performed, Samyak Karodhidada, then that action gets done very well. So here is one woman. She is committed to perform the household work and therefore her, her total attention is behind the work and therefore that work gets done very well. Paravyasinini, how is the other woman whose mind is elsewhere and she also is doing her household duties? Na karoti eva sarvatha. But then her action, her work doesn't really get done well. Is either sloppy or whatever it is. So we see people cleaning, you know, in the cabins and things like that. Depend, you can see where the point of the person is, if he is behind the work or not. 
So you can clean like this, you know, only you have the things there. Or if you are totally attentive, then not a single spot will be left there. So it is then if the mind is behind the work, then the work is done thoroughly. If the mind is not behind the work, then also the work may be done all right. But it will be a, a slipshod job or it may be a sloppy job. So this is the difference. That this person who is a, so who is whose mind is elsewhere will perform the tasks all right, but in a perhaps a sloppy manner. Whereas the person whose mind is behind the task will perform them very well. So same is explained with reference to the meditator in the verse 87. Evam dhyanai kanishthopi Evam dhyanai kanishthopi Leshal laukikamachared Leshal laukikamachared Tattva vitva virodhitvad Tattva vitva virodhitvad Laukikam samyagachared Laukikam samyagachared It should be tattva vitva virodhitvad in fact So again the two persons just as there are two persons were compared one paying full attention to the household work another one just doing it superficially Similarly also here two persons are compared, one is a meditator and other is a wise man, knowledge, the knower. There is a great deal of difference between the one who is meditating and one who has a knowledge. Even dhyanai Similarly also one who is totally committed to the meditation upon Brahman. Leshad That person also performs the duties of the life as the destiny presents them to him. But leshad only one lesha, one fraction of the mind is behind performs of the duties. So that he does is minimum. You find that these people will avoid as much work as possible. <coughs> and if they have to do, then they will do something. Two kinds of persons will avoid work. Those who do not want to do, of course. And others are those who have other things to do. So, suppose you want to study, suppose you want to meditate, suppose you want to repeat, suppose you want to recite, then your mind is there and then if you have to work that becomes an obstacle so the person there is always a tendency to avoid work or try to do it minimum so this this meditator also since the life requires that he has to respond to situations and do his duties leshat laukika mahacharayat all his laukika all the day to day activities are performed leshat with minimum with an indifference superflu- superfluously those actions are performed but how about the wise man tattva with However, Tattvavit, meaning the knower of the truth, Avirodhat. See, knowledge is not opposed to Vyavahara. See, meditation is opposed to Vyavahara. Because meditation is an action, mental action. Therefore, mind cannot do two things at a time. If your attention is upon the object of meditation, then simultaneously it is very difficult or impossible to again pay attention to the object of work. And therefore, the quality of the work is going to suffer. However, in case of the person who knows the self, there is no need to pay attention because self is self-shining. There is no need to pay any attention. Therefore, one can very well pay attention to work without forgetting the self. The idea is, if a meditator pays a lot of attention to the work, then that will be at the cost of meditation. Whereas the one who knows the self, 
that person can pay full attention to the work because that is not opposed to the nature, knowledge of the self or not opposed to the self. So knowledge is not opposed to action whereas meditation being one action is opposed to another action in terms of the duties. That's the idea. Tattvavittu averodhitvat laukikam samyagacharayil The question was nanu tattvavidabhi laukika vyavaharam kam leshanacharadi is it that the knower of the truth also does his vyavahara in a superfluous manner? Kimvasamyaka or does he perform his vyavahara or the day-to-day work? Well, Vishaya vyavaharasya tattvagyana avirodhitvat The idea is that Vishaya vyavahara or these daily chores, they are not opposed to the knowledge of the self. And therefore, the, the knower of the self performs his actions very well because performance of the action is not opposed to the knowledge. Whereas, performance of meditation is at the cost of things, so that will be obstructed by your other engagement, or when the mind is engaged elsewhere, therefore, the one who is engaged in meditation will always have a tendency to perform the task superfluously, so that that person can keep the mind focused upon the object of meditation. Whereas in case of knowledge of self, no focus is required. Because self is self-shining, and therefore, the knowledge is not opposed to the day-to-day chores. So here it is said, so just as a woman or a person who is dedicated to the household work, how that person performs the work well, whereas other person who is dedicated, whose mind is elsewhere, how the work is done superfluously, here also the wise man performs the actions very well, because he is at poise and is able to pay attention wherever is required. Whereas the one who is committed to meditation cannot do that because it is necessary to maintain that thought flow and therefore there is going to be a compromise as far as the work is concerned. However, the idea is that one can continue to do one's duty in a sort of a superfluous manner and still maintain a constant flow of the thought on the object of meditation. Because the author said that when you are committed to meditation it should go on constantly. How can it go on constantly when we are required to do our duties? Well, it can still go on. How? Because you are dedicated to that. See, another illustration is to be given. Ramakrishna Paramahamsa is to give another illustration for this. He used to give illustration of this, uh, the water maids. And I said in the early morning, in the villages, these girls and the daughters-in-law, they go for fetching water from a well or a, from a tank. And there were two or three big pots, you know. So one is balanced over the second and, and the small one, and there is one in the hand. And like this, these women are, they come back, filling water. And really, you have to, you require a lot of concentration to maintain that balance where it will fall down. But in course of time, they develop such an amount of skill in that concentration, that when they are returning after filling the water, even I suppose then other women are going, then they are friends, you know. So sometimes they stand, they, they stop on the way and they chit-chat. So even while she is talking with the friends and doing things and saying, still that balance is maintained because one part of the mind is behind that balance. So even while talking and chatting, that balance remains undisturbed. Similarly also, when the upasana is going on, that one part of the mind constantly does it, even while doing the day-to-day chores. This is the idea. And so the advice here is that meditation should be continuously done without interruption 
that at a some point in time even your day-to-day activities also will not interrupt that meditation when that bhavana or when that habit becomes strongly rooted. Okay. <clears throat> Om Purnamadaf Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavanta Upunaf Punaha Ishvaro Gururat Medi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Hari Om